Good morning and welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran, joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. We are off to a late start. <laughs> yes, we are. And it's been a few weeks, but yeah. that's, that's life. Yeah, it has. And, you know, I, uh, I got back uh, from uh, the West Coast. As a matter of fact, I got a little story to tell about that. But I got back uh, last night about 8. My wife is like, by the way, my Chris's soccer team's party is going on right now. And we're going there before we go home. So I got in here about 10 last night and then, uh, uh, yeah, just got stuff unloaded and turned around and went to bed and set the alarm and the alarm was set, but it, it never rang. I have no idea. I'm going to, uh, <laughs> it, it, my old faithful did not faithful. Anyway, good morning. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> good morning. It's great to be back doing the show again. Yeah, I agree. Talking about the space. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just feels like it's been forever, and I apologize with all my travel and stuff. Uh, probably next week we'll end up doing a Sunday show too, because I'm I'm flying out Friday night again. But I'm going wow. out. But this time I'm headed to uh, our office. I'm going to be in Columbus for a week. Um, but I'll be in Michigan for a few days before I'm down there. But uh, yeah, everything's right. good. Just too much moving. You're getting ready to go on some travel too, yeah? Yeah. The Spricker team is going to meet up at the end of November, so it shouldn't it shouldn't have an impact anytime too soon. And I we're going to do our thing in, in February, right between uh, podcast movement and uh, not not podcast movement, podcast and proclaim. So, but yeah, it's just it's it's just a little nuts here, but that's life. Um, anyway, wow, it's uh, stuff in the space is moving with, even without us. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It's. It's definitely a much much bigger space now. A lot of a lot of people are involved in it, and it's it seems to be evolving. And there's some news on some stuff that happened this past week, and and uh, it's all good stuff, I think. Yeah, a little bit on the social side. Uh, you know, I, I didn't uh, wasn't aware of this thing, this American Life, rolled out until you told me this morning. So why don't you talk a little bit about their this new thing they call Shortcut? Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting kind of hybrid between um, a transcript and kind of what we've seen with um, Clamor mm -hmm. of trying to take out uh, clips from audio and uh, share them. So, I mean, at a high level, that that's exactly what they're trying to do. This technology is only being applied to This American Life right now. Um, but I think that there's something here that maybe it has some potential um, the challenge is the transcription side, not so much the, the clipping and sharing of the audio side. That's that's a pretty much a pretty simple technology, um, but it's it's the whole aspect of of uh, making sure that the transcriptions are accurate uh, and being able to highlight those transcriptions and have it um, map specifically and directly to areas in a you know in a waveform. On, right. a, on, on a web page and then if you can do that then you can share it and <laughs> there's something uh, there's a little bit of opportunity there I don't know how much uh, I think uh, it's yet to be seen well let's let's take a look at it so if you load their page up and then it says okay go to shortcut thisamericanlife.com and let's take an episode 597 and you load wow it's actually 
We're waiting for the episode to load. Wow, okay. So then you've got... Oh, this is weird. So, okay, so is this the... So you have to scroll through the... Yeah, yeah, the whole episode to find that that piece that you might want to share. All right, so I'm going to grab, just I'll just grab a piece. Yeah, and so if you're, you know, not able to see this, what what's up on the screen is basically a kind of like a two-sided um, um, kind of a website that has a visual image on the right, you know, like a square graphic um, art that you can change color in. And then on the left is basically a list of transcription <clears throat> from that episode that actually alternates between the, the host and the guest or other people talking in the, the episode. And it's uh, breaks it out pretty, pretty succinctly and pretty cleanly. And I guess that's the question mark is, um, can, can that, can that be done at scale and be accurate? So then, we, yeah, so you, ahead, you highlight it and you click next making your video mm. so they're making a video file versus an audio file and i selected maybe maybe 15 seconds and then it pops I think up what they're making is a a visual representation of the episode so then i've got the um i can write a caption and then this this is clunky it takes too long this yeah. is just like, you know, this is the, the challenge the Clamor folks have is that there's multiple steps. And, you know, while it's probably good, I, I, I just wonder how much use they're going to get out of this. Yeah. Well, it's it takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of computing power to to index this stuff as well as transcribe it and I, then I, map it to the audio. I, I would bet that they're having professional transcription done. Because automatic transcription would not would not be yeah it's this it's good difficult. no it's difficult because they've got they've got host changes they have uh, um yeah I mean and how does the the computer know who's speaking right so this is all professional transcription being done in. You have to go and look through the, you know, the massive amount of, um, of audio and put in markers. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, and, and and find this stuff. So, yeah, you know, it's it's cool, but um, you know, it. Uh, I think they're gonna. It's definitely, you know, and you little bar here it's very odd so i don't know i guess we'll see i guess we'll see how this uh ends up working out for them but i understand what they're trying to do they're trying to share social clips yeah and they're also trying to trying to provide a visual component to it too that actually is almost like a like a uh i don't know um a a textual description as the audio plays so right. it actually plays yeah. the audio at the same time that it shows the the words in a square graphic so um, but it's going to be on a you know this is going to be you know good for a um um 
hearing impaired person or someone on a desktop you know this is going to be i don't know how you're going to do this in mobile you know he is they're promoting mobile in the discussion but uh you know from the time i click on the episode to the time it loads one two three well it's not not intended to be um, long-form content. It's six. only intended to be clips. Well, I know, but I'm saying it, it takes yeah. six seconds for the page to load, let alone. Yeah. Okay, that's just the start. No, actually, it just finished, so maybe about eight seconds to load. And then... Yeah, and you've got a fast connection there, so it yeah. must be and if you're doing, server load. And if you're doing this on a mobile device... Yeah. Then you have to scroll through and find the section that they're talking about, because you you know most people are, people are not listening to podcasts on browsers anymore, so yeah, mobile browsers maybe right. So if they have a way in their podcast app to mark in mark out, that's one thing. But uh, it this to me is just a you know it's it's I understand what they're trying to do, but yeah. You know, and I think it's it's probably a good direction to go. Um, it's just whether or not all the pieces perform and are cost effective to to get done, and how accurate they are, yeah. I think, is the big question. I mean, it does. Yeah, I went to go look at the the page on the site for the shortcut beta about who who developed this and kind of how it got developed, and it. It says that the shortcut was developed with open source libraries, so they're they're tapping into existing technology that's open source out there and pulling it together. Um, so it's it's bound to have some some weaknesses because open source technology isn't always compatible with each other, right? Uh, and isn't always optimized for performance. Um, because it's difficult to do that in a shared shared development environment like open source is, um, so it'll probably work, but it, it's probably not going to perform that great, is my guess. And and what's the cost of having um, yeah professional transcription services running on every episode? You know the co- well, it's expensive. You do an hour, yeah. you know, and if you're having professional transcription service done, it's like. And that's probably a hundred bucks minimum. You know the way they did yeah. their transcripts, it's long. So, and it's 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 a separate click. You have to go to shortcut this shortcut dot thisamericanlife.org. So, you if a fan wants to share, they're going to be a they're definitely a super fan. Well, you know, I was thinking about it. I mean, there probably is a way to automate this. It's just um, it's going to take a pretty advanced piece of software. Um, to to be able to to know the sound of your voice, right? Yeah. To map your your each of our voices, yep. um, and be able to describe that. So mm-hmm. the computer would need to know the specific wave type of form that our voice makes, and to be able to recognize when I start talking, then it knows it's me, and then when you start talking, it knows it's you, mm-hmm. and to be able to map that dynamically. Um. And I don't know that there's any software that <clears throat> actually maps to, well, I guess Siri and Cortana <clears throat> get trained on certain voices. Do, uh, um, is, is This American Life still recorded live? I don't even know because I don't listen to the show. Do they still do this on the radio before they 
I, I really couldn't answer that. I don't, I, I'm assuming that it's been being done live, but I know that they do an awful lot of trans transitions and clips and stuff like that. So I would, I would really be curious if that would be practical to be done on a live basis. I, I'm pretty sure sh- if, if it isn't, um, I thought that don't they do like some sort of panel or something? Don't they, I thought, I don't know. I, I thought that this American life was done live, but if they're doing this, this is a huge amount of post-production. So this works for interview shows, shows and that kind of stuff. But if you're doing, you know, something with time sensitive, it's very hard to get something turned around. You know, you, you're talking a couple of days to get something turned around. Um, yeah. Well, in cost. Yeah. Now, granted, the the show uh, is available on 500 stations across the country. It, so it public, is live. I don't know that it oh. doesn't have to be live. Oh, so it it's can just be, it can be pre-recorded. pre-recorded. So if it's pre-recorded, and, it's already pre-produced. And then, yeah. So again, this American Life has how many people on staff? <laughs> you know, a huge yeah. number of people on staff, right? Yeah, I don't know how many. Okay, I'm on their site now, and it does talk about the the staff that they have. Yeah, and it looks like they have uh, well, Ira obviously one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Okay, I don't really need yeah. to go to the bottom, but so wow, yeah. yeah, they probably. I mean, it looks like maybe eighteen, twenty people. Yeah. So obviously, so it's um, a lot of production, and this works out. You know, I I think it's a good idea, but in order to make this mass and scale to, you know, the masses, you know, the climbers is came as close as you really can without having a transcription. Yeah. Though clamor has its uh, limitations yeah. too. I yeah. mean, it's it's not an easy tool to use. Uh, yeah. It takes a lot of dedication to to get it done yep. with that platform. And I think it's beyond what most people are willing to invest in sharing something. Yeah. Um, where what, what we're seeing here with this American life, it looks like it's easier and more visual, yep. uh, which would be appealing if it, if it could actually be accomplished on a dynamic basis and not require so much post post-production and transcription. It's it's pretty cool, um, you know. In, in all honesty, the actual implementation of this is, if you think, well, I'm I'm thinking about this for a second. The setting the markers, extracting a video file, that's all actually real easy um, from a programming code standpoint. Sure. And well, there's. The, there's very specific transitions that happen between audio and wave files. Oh, I know, um, but but I'm it's saying just getting the computer to recognize them. But I'm just saying that. But of course, this transcription has to match the audio too. So there has to be a. You know, if you're reading this, this yeah. guy's name is Charles Foster, and you and you highlight that, you need to know exact. That's where the magic sauce in this thing is. Is they need to know exactly where the lines up in this audio file. Now that's so they're mapping. Oh, it's going to be curious how they've done. Yeah, to, well, 
and I would think it's it's that uh, another piece of the challenge is crosstalk, uh, which happens a lot in uh, conversations. Yeah. Of course, they heavily edit, so you don't hear a lot of crosstalk on these shows. I suppose. Yeah, that's true. That's mm. true. But but a show like what we do, mm-hmm. there is a certain amount of crosstalk, especially at the beginning of any transition between us. True. It does happen, so the computer would have to be able to distinguish those two things. Well, whoever's behind this, if it's a company that's built it for them, um, I think what we'll end up having, and it's there's a is this tau.fm? Where does that go? T a l.fm. Is this is the link that it is associated with? Oh, tau.fm is this AmericanLife.fm. Um. So wherever, yeah, this is there's some definitely some tech behind this. The the matching of the transcription to the actual audio that's the hard part. Hmm. Yeah, and if you're just joining us on the live stream, we're talking about the thisamericanlife.org uh, new uh, shortcut tool that's um, that they've just announced this past week. Um, so it's it it appears to be a great idea. Um, maybe some more resources needs to be applied to the concept of this and i don't know if it, this is a patented solution on their part or if they're they're just making it available because it was based on open source tools so i would imagine it's kind of hard for them to patent open source tools huh shortcut so. dot this american life dot org is the yeah. is the page so all it's right it's probably worth going going and checking out and and if you know, any of the platforms, you know, like Todd and I's platforms, um, want to tackle this issue. It's something that I've wanted to tackle something similar to this for, for quite a while. And I know Todd, you've been thinking about it a lot and I know you've been we, working with clamor to some degree, right? Yeah. Well, we, you know, we met, we made it so that the clamor player can be used by the PowerPress users and they basically yeah. enabled it. But you know, we've been working on our own social solution for a while now and we've got, you know, it basically, um, some social sharing stuff that's coming very, very quickly that doesn't do this. But I think, you know, my, my whole, my whole, um, philosophy on social is people are busy. So you have to be able to have, if you're going to do social sharing, it has to be easy and fast and easy. It's like a, you know, a click on something, be able to add a comment and hit send. That yeah. that's that's what people have time for. Yeah, um, that's true. So the social stuff that we're doing, the social sharing tools that we're going to be adding to PowerPress, which I'm very excited about. Um, again, it's going to be about the ease, not not only the the uh, podcaster, but also the listener being able to share um, share stuff easily. And um, I think most of the times too, when it comes to socials, podcasters are more worried about their ability to, to share and distribute um, the audience being able to share and stuff is kind of a, an additional glad to have it when they do it. So, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I give kudos to this American life for, for, uh, you know, for putting this together. Uh, we'll see if some company comes out and says, Hey, we've got this service available as a, you know, as a paid service and then we'll see what it costs. But, uh, it's, uh, well, it should be. I mean, ideally, it should be built into to like platforms like like Blueberry and and Libsyn and 
Spreaker and all of the, the hosting platforms, it'd be great if we could offer that or something similar to it to our podcasters. So it was conceived at This American Life's Audio Hackathon 2015. Yeah. And it talks about the shortcut team, Stephanie Fu, Courtney Stanton, Darius Kazimi, Jason Segal, and then some UI editor developers. So it, there was like six or seven developers that were on this and then a whole and they actually list the open source uh, tools that they used. Yep. Uh, they used oh they used the Siri Wave JavaScript from MIT. Uh, I'm familiar with some of these tools. So and they're all open source. Yeah. So I don't think that I think what they've done here um, could be an open source project. I mean I I mean I mean it is an open source project, but. Um, maybe they'd be, Tal would be interested in sharing what they've done with the bigger community here. I don't know. It's a shortcut was developed by with open source libraries. Doesn't say that they're going to, uh, share this project. No, no, no. no. no I'm just saying we could ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We look forward to contributing to the open source and audio communities. Let us know if you'd like to follow or help support the open source roadmap. So maybe, maybe they're going to make this open source. Maybe. Hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see well, I think it do. would be smart because uh, if they were to do that, then maybe a lot more people would, would um, put, some, put some brain power behind this. Yeah. And I, I just don't see anything in here. I'm going to have to look at these open source projects and see what they do. But I don't think any of these are actually um, transcription so that that leads you to to believe what you were originally thinking is that this is all hand tra transcribed. Maybe it might. Be. It, it, who knows? I'm, I'm again. I'm going to have to go look at the uh, at the projects yeah. and see what they do. I know. It does yeah? I mean, does Siri wave? It just creates a wave. It's it's oh, a waveform generator. Yeah, that's all it is. And FFmpeg is um, that's, that's an audio. open. Yeah, it's an encoder. It'll, it'll yeah. create the uh, the video file that they're creating. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just going to have to go through and look at these open source projects and see what they do. And then, but good on them. Nice. I just, yeah. I hope they get a lot of usage out of it. I hope, you know, but training people to use a tool like this, that's going to be the, will be the, the challenge. Yeah. Let's see, what else have they got on their page? So they just got a, something that says connect. What is connect? Oh, connect via Twitter or Facebook. I got you. Well, it's good to see that there's some innovation um, yeah. happening like this. Yep. Uh, I think it, these are the types of things that can help push the, the industry forward. And it's nice uh, to see that they, you know, if it, 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 again, if they keep it to themselves, well, you know, then that's that, you know, and other people have <laughs> to come in and build a code. But, you know, if and it, that's, that's probably more likely, but um, we'll see. Yeah. You know. Hey, I want to say hello to Jamie, to Jason, to Mike, to uh, Dante. I want to say hello to Paul. All on the live stream. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah. On a Sunday, no less. That's right. And uh, <laughs> very late and, and not our normal day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So other than that, there hasn't been a lot of, of news. Um, 
that's no, been in this space. It's been kind of quiet. Um, you know, I've just been head down with, with other stuff this past week, so I feel like I'm kind of out of the loop a little bit. But, uh, you know, my team's been, you know, cranking away. we got a whole bunch of stuff on edge. I know that you guys came out with a new player. Why don't you talk about your new player? Oh, it's just... Uh it's just a much more visual, um, you know, player embed for your website. Um, so that's, that's a big thing. It's just, I think it takes us, it brings us up to, you know, parody with some of the other leading kind of audio players that are on the market. Um, so that was the idea behind it was just, uh, to make it very visual. Uh, you can put in a large graphic, um, behind the player and have it in various sizes. Um, so it's, it's similar to what SoundCloud's been doing, um, but we're trying to kind of get that as a baseline and then we're trying to move beyond. Um, so, you know, people are still using these type of players on, you know, web pages and are, are li- listening to audio in their mobile browsers. So this player is, is very compatible with, mobile browsers and uh, can be used um, in a very visual way. And that was the, the goal of it. So if you want to go go check it out, just go over to Spreaker. And, and, um, Is that it right there? I've got it up on nope. the screen. Uh, if you click on the far right there, Todd, it says embed. And I, I'm not sure that it's... Oh, there's a preview. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's it there. So you can see it's... You know, it's, oh, that's uh, nice. It's got a got got a visual image behind it. Hey, I see something here. Okay, you do yes, play automatically. Why did you guys give him the option to do that? Well, you know, naughty, it's, naughty, Rob. It's, that should I not know. be included. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about choice, Todd. It's all about choice. It's all about you. know, we're we're not big fans of. Uh, Automatic playing and podcasting. Come on now. <laughs> I know. I agree with you 100%. But if somebody wants to do it, it's up to them. Oh, no, no. You just don't give them the option. Oh, <laughs> No, you don't do that. So oh, I had to. I, have you got any feedback on that? No, actually oh, not at all. Well, consider you've gotten feedback. Okay. <laughs> I I mean, I agree with you. I I don't believe in auto playback myself, so it's it's never been an issue because I always have that check no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh well good. So that's nice. The team this you got that that you can share that. That's that's cool. Or yeah. put it on a, another site as well easily. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Got a little runny nose this morning. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep the mic away when I'm sniffing on people here. <laughs> Well, I did notice that there's been a just a constant barrage of uh, ill, uninformed uh, articles being written about the podcasting space. Uh, that that whole thing continues to happen, um, and they're all they, they always talk about the same things. Um, do you I have the, Do you have an example? Yeah, well, pick pick from, them. <laughs> um, and then. The other one, the other article that came out too, is about Acast uh, offering access to a to a music library for all of their creators. I see in the the, the news that that's something that that Spreaker launched about Oops. about 
about a month and a month and a half ago. Um, so we have the same audio catalog. Oh, did you? And I bet you I know who you, <laughs> yeah, I think I know who you guys. The t- Epidemic Sound? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that they've been contacting everybody, everybody. in the space. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But, but you know, music yeah. and podcast, if done incorrectly, can really be an annoyance. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I did a whole whole episode of the Speaker Live show on that topic. <laughs> you know, a little intro music, maybe very, 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 very short. Yeah. You know, um, and it's... Or like this show, no intro music. Right. <laughs> you know, and if you're going to have a little outro music, again, very, very little. But if everyone's pulling from the same library, you're going to start hearing the same audio clips. Yeah, there's like thirty thousand clips, so, oh, so not there's bad. a lot to choose from. So, and then, and then each of those clips ha- has a, a lot of um, variability in the music too. So, I mean, most people, like you say, will just clip out, you know, ten or fifteen seconds or something like that, right? And use it, uh, and it can be from a very, you know, variety of different places in that waveform. It just in ten or fifteen seconds of you know of that is good, but you know, I, I, I tried audio before and it just, my audience never, you know, it, I, I got more negative feedback than I got positive feedback and, and never play music in the background. Don't ever do that. That's just like, you well, know. if you do, don't, don't do it for very long. Just do it at the very, very beginning of your show. If you want to play a little bit of, you know, the music at, at the beginning and then just fade it out. Yeah. But, Fade it out within maybe up to th- 30 seconds or something like yeah. that. Don't go too much further than that. And when you're speaking over it during the introduction, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard people actually leave music playing during their show, you know. During, through, during through, the whole show. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm like, what What are you doing? Why are you doing that? You, the radio stations don't do that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. That's that's something that some shows do, and it and in some ways it doesn't really make any sense. Right. It's just an it's just noise for the listener. Yeah. So I, yeah. you know, it's uh, and if you have a music show, then you're going to be playing your own music anyway. But uh, yeah. well, anyway, it's a, you've got some licensed stuff there that they can use that they don't have to worry about the RIAA come kicking their door in on. So yeah, and a lot of people aren't that excited about it because it's not the big popular major label music. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still hearing a lot of shows using big popular major label music too. I hear that all the time on shows yeah. I'm sampling. It's it's amazing yeah. how many people are sticking their neck out so far. Yeah. And there's a lot 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 more of those 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 licensing agencies listening to podcasts these days. Oh, they know who they are. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the RAAA has already said that, yeah, we know who the who's playing music in podcasts. They're not they're not stupid. Yeah. You know, they've got a machine that just goes out and samples. They don't have to even listen. They have something that does it automatically. Yeah. You know, they just they just map and they go and start and it, it listen it listens for copyrighted music. I don't know if anybody's yeah. gotten, you know, the a takedown notice or anything, but uh Oh, I've I've heard from um some of them at at Spreaker for for shows that are hosted on Spreaker, so really they they are they are listening, yeah. Mm. Well, that uh, you know that that could lead to a uh, having to write a big check, so don't do it. 
And I see questions in Facebook and on Google Plus from time to time, people asking about it. And everyone's gotten the word. Everyone piles on, don't do it, don't do it, you know. And so I think from a, at least from a community standpoint, people are pretty much up to speed and, yeah, and then I even even back in the days when I was working on Zoom, uh, there there would be a regular flow of of contact from the major music labels, and you know for shows that we didn't even have anything to do with, they just happened to be on our platform. Right. Um, they were inquiring how to get a hold of those content producers, or is there anything we can do to take it down, or you know, it's just they are keeping an eye more and more because it's 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 an area that's higher profile you know it's getting more attention now and and as you and i both know we've actually talked to representatives from all those big music labels yep. at a rain conference mm-hmm. um and there is no license no license nobody's even tried to get a license right now there is a, a vehicle for people that are playing covers like brian uh ibit from coverville he you know he found a mechanism to uh, be able to play cover songs uh-huh. And uh, he pays about uh, three to five thousand dollars a year for the pleasure of being able to do that. So it doesn't come cheap. No, probably not. So that uh, you know, there, there is a way if you if you've got a cover show. But uh, and Brian talks about it in detail on uh, Podcast Legends because I tried to get him nailed down on you know exactly how they how he did that, and he, he went through and talked about it. So. He's the only guy that I know that actually has a license. Interesting. Yeah, and you know he's he and he's talked about it as well. He says you know a lot of people are out there just running, running rogue. So with podcasting becoming more popular, what will happen is is when the popularity increases, so will lit scrutiny. Uh, yeah, scrutiny and litigators. So did you see this uh, this? This announced partnership between Patreon and Podomatic, I thought it was funny. I mean, Podbean? Uh, no, there was an announcement on October 11th between Patreon and Podomatic. Oh, I know they had made an announcement with Podbean as well. Oh. So that you can put a, pod, uh, a Patreon image file on your website. So is that, yeah. that was the announcement? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Exactly. I thought it was humorous. Yeah. Podcasters can now link their Patreon page with their Podomatic profile. Wow. So the so does that mean that Podomatic added a uh, a form field that they they could cut and paste their Patreon link into? Is that what that is? Apparently. That's 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 uh that's pretty innovative. Thank that you. Uh, that definitely is uh that's newsworthy. <laughs> Just a reason to throw out a press release, I guess. You know, I and I, I when I thought I'd I'd seen one of those announcements. I think there's been two. So um, you know, and I and I said to the uh, team, I'm like, am I missing something here? Is there something <laughs> special going on? And and everyone looked at it and were like, no. And I'm like, okay, so they can cut and paste the embed. I, I was just code yeah the profile okay pro- <laughs> wow so, so but, but, but it's it, time it, it's time to throw a press re- press release out uh, saying that uh, you can now link to your uh, your Google Play Music uh, show page on uh, in Blueberry <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right 
Oh, it does say in here that the uh, it says the independent uh, podcasters on Patreon earn as much as twenty seven thousand dollars per month uh, from their their patrons. I, That's I guess, it. Uh, uh, yeah, all, guess, of all the podcasters, they make as much as twenty seven thousand. That's that's the number they throw out. And then then the the next time below that was Tom Merritt from Daily Tech News Show has nearly five thousand patrons and makes over fourteen thousand dollars. So month. one one of your podcasters <laughs> makes half of the money that all podcasters make on Patreon. Well, I don't know if they're saying it says thanks to Patreon, independent podcasters on Patreon earn as much as twenty seven thousand dollars per month. So what they're telling oh, me, oh oh, gotcha. Or they're telling us is that um, they have somebody that's earned twenty seven thousand dollars in a, a month, a month. At, at some point in time. <laughs> but the the actual example that they give right. uh, in here that's specific uh, only earned fourteen. Wow! <laughs> so I don't, you know, it's kind of hard to play that play that one up too much. Yeah. Well. Um, I don't know who initiated those, but you know, it, it goes back and I actually had said something in one of the chats, um, like, wow, you know, you can do, you know, I basically laughed about this ability to put an embed on your webpage, but it, it goes to show it again, proves my point that, um, that podcasters have, uh, got to pick their platform, you know, and, uh, pick it wisely on where they're going to be you know, where they're potentially going to be locked into. Hey, there has been some, uh, some information on feeds though. I've vindicated once again. On oh, on feed burners? Is that what you're talking well, about? Well, not only feed, well, the, the conversation, there's, right? there's two conversations that happened. One was, um, the, uh, signing authority, SSL signing authority that, um, the folks over at, um, SoundCloud used. There, it wasn't SoundCloud, but it was their SSL certificate signing authority dropped one of their root certificates by mistake. Oops. And um, it caused uh, all SoundCloud HTTPS feeds to go invalid. Oh. Uh, for, and it's, it's uh, taken as, um, it's still in recovery. There are shows that um, have about four days that haven't had a feed. So it's uh, like a four day recovery. Um, because of the way the proliferation of the SSL certificates work and the signing authorities and the root certificates and all that stuff. So um, as much as four days, some folks' feeds have been down on SoundCloud. But it's not SoundCloud's fault. It's, you know, it's, it's a, um, the root, a signing authority. So once again, you know, I get to say, you know, if you had your own, if you had your own control of your own feed, <coughs> You could have assigned a new root certificate to it. You you know you could have been still affected if you'd use the same root signing authority. Um, but the um, um, once again these you know these folks kind of got in most most of them don't know you know most of them have no clue that their feed has been unavailable HTTPS. So yeah, and then a lot of them probably wouldn't even known how to how to even fix it right. even if they had it on their own right hosting too. So. And then there was a, a potential hack. It, it, it didn't actually happen. Um, it turns out that uh, um, someone lost their feed burner feed. And um, so the sequence of events kind of goes like this. The guys had a feed burner feed for 
12 years or 10 years or a long time. And he noticed his iTunes wasn't updating. He went to his FeedBurner feed and it went to an IBM. Well, it was FeedBurner forward slash IBM, FeedBurner.com forward slash IBM. So this is, and but the guy's show is interactive marketing something. So he, you know, he legitimately could use the word IBM, but an IBM didn't do a takedown. But what happened was, um, that they had uh, removed, they had Google Apps and the email address that they had used for FeedBurner was removed from their Google Apps profile, causing the email to go invalid, causing FeedBurner. And I don't know how this, if it was like, you know, this is over a matter of a couple of weeks, I guess. Um, FeedBurner said, oh, that account's no more valid. There's no longer an email address there for we're going to, um, because once a feed is um, given back, it goes back into the pool. It's not like that feed is ever, uh, you know, if you if you had a list of all the millions of feed burner feeds that were, or thousands of feed burner feeds that were used for podcasting that are no longer, you could actually set up all those feed burner feeds again with that those old feed up those old feed links. But the um, long story short here. IBM assigned it to something that they had. So this guy truly lost his feed because of a email snafu in FeedBurner. So he didn't get hijacked. It was just a matter of normal procedures on uh, what FeedBurner does when it either invalid email address or something. It put that FeedBurner feed back into the pool. So we keep telling people and, I, you know, everyone in the community, even Libsyn says, don't use a feed burner feed anymore. So, um, yeah. and it's just as another example of how you could lose your feed and lose your, this guy's lost his audience. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause once you lose the source feed, you're really screwed. If you have, if, if the feed's still up, there are options, but if the feed goes down and you don't have access to it to whoever can't do a three one or whatever, you're really screwed. I mean, screwed yeah. hard. There's nothing you can do. You're yeah, starting you're over. Yeah, you're starting yeah. over. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Google uh, on that topic, uh, is there any more current data that you're seeing on off of your platform about um, usage of Google Play? They, uh, to my knowledge, they're not singling yet. They're not sending stats data back. No, I know that. But I'm just. Do you have any nothing new? I haven't pulled feedback any numbers. that you've gotten from anybody about how that platform is doing? No, not really. And the, and the podcasters are largely ignoring it. You know, I think the Android apps are getting more more play than the than Google Play is. Yeah, I have seen at least with my own um, show that I do on Spreaker, the Spreaker Live Show, that the 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 Android platform is 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 my number one consumption platform right now for that show. So, mm. I mean, it's what Apple's, say that again. Yeah the 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 Android platform is is the number one platform that uh, that is referring listeners to my show. Oh, um, I mean, you know, I, I iTunes and the iPhone are like right below it, but um, but you, but you said referring. I mean, referring coming to your website or subscribing? Oh no, no, actually, actually plays and downloads oh 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 wow so, okay so you're so the android platform itself not necessarily yeah. google play but the yeah. entire yeah. android platform exactly gotcha yeah. gotcha 
you know, I mean, I can't single out the, you know, like we were just saying, I can't single out Google Play, but, but I can just say that generally there's a growing amount of listeners coming out of Android. Uh-huh. Definitely. Well, I, I had to pull the numbers again, see where we're at. You know, we saw almost, there was one month we saw like 0.7% increase in Android from month to month, there was almost a you know a point seven percent of growth, and if you mm-hmm. think about that type, that's a huge a point seven percent growth. Now, you know, I need to do a little bit of a you know four or five month timeline to look at you know how it's sustaining, yeah. but because uh, you know, a single month there really isn't something you can develop a trend on, but uh, there it's definitely on the grow. You know, we're seeing um, just from the uh, the amount of uh, click throughs that subscribe on Android, it's huge. It's I mean it's it's a ama- it's amazing amount of traffic. So um, people that aren't you know making a the ability for people to subscribe on their show via Android available are they're they're missing out on some growth. Missing yeah. out and huge, yeah. It could be yeah. twenty twenty five percent at this point. Now I mean. With the show that I do, I'm I, I'm seeing uh, about half of my my listeners uh, just consuming my show on Spreaker, and the other half downloading it off of other other platforms. Right. Um, which makes sense. I mean, it's a it's a, it's Spreaker, a Spreaker show. Yeah. It, it, it's a Spreaker focused show. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's split, and I see that a lot on the platform. Um, and the platform kind of breaks out plays, which is more like a plays through you know the 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 web players and off of the Spreaker platform, right? Uh, from downloads, which typically goes into other other um, other platforms, and it's a it's a split. And I see a lot of shows um, that are that are not balanced. They're 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 mostly on their their audience comes from Spreaker, so. Huh. But are they um, it, even? But the, the question is, are they even pr- promoting another yeah. platform? Well, that's that's always the the question you have to ask: Are they even in iTunes, or right. are they in any the other podcast listening platforms? Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of audio shows being produced that are not as focused on podcasting. True. They're they're just trying to build listens on on uh, social media and off of their own websites and. And those kind of things too. So we, we we still have this kind of the splintering in the market um, between how people consume, and I think it's it has a lot to do with genre too. Um, certain genres of content tend to be, I guess, more easily listened to uh, in mobile browsers. I mean, there's still a lot of users out there that still don't use a podcast catcher type of application. Right. Well, we had a. Um I'll be careful here. We had a Mike did a tech support call with a guy the other day. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he had an interesting setup. He was uh, uh, doing a show on Spreaker. Oh, you know what? I, I, I saw this. Yeah. No, uh, go ahead. And, and you're going to have to help me. I was looking for Mike had sent me a, a, a link on this and I, I'm trying to find it right now. But essentially what he did was. He had a he did a show on Spreaker. Then he auto published from your platform to somewhere else, and then yeah. then he yeah. posted on Libsyn. So he went over. He bought a hosting account over Libsyn and published over there. And then he 
it's it's like he had like then four he hosts. did something with with you guys. With yeah, he had a, so he could Blueberry get our so he WordPress. Yeah, so yeah. he could get our player. So he was like pub, he's publishing in like four locations and like paying for four hosting accounts. He's paying for Spreaker, paying for Libsyn, paying for us, yeah. and paying for one other people. <laughs> I'm like, okay, bravo. Thank you yeah, very exactly. much for but, Thank you. But Thank you. you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. There are, there are better ways to do that. And you know, it's you can syndicate through Spreaker, but you can still publish through Spreaker. You yeah. can uh, syndicate through us, um but you can't get the player unless you're a customer. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, it's just and like there's, there's great reasons to be on Lipson too. You know, you so know, it's just it could get you uh into you know, Spotify or something, you know, no, I, mean, I, I don't think Spotify is adding or, anybody right now. So, or I heart radio, right? Yeah. I heart radio. Yeah. But it just, uh, it just kind of cracked me up. It's, he was everywhere, you know, and I was just, um, okay. You know, he really wants distribution, but he could have accomplished it a little, you know, he, he could have done a little better, a little yeah, better way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he could have made his issues a little simpler. Yeah. But, but but you know, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it was Spreaker and you guys and Lipson, we all have our our own platform listening apps. Yeah. Uh, and and there is some advantage to being included in our our, our listening apps. Uh, it does. It, you can reach more audience that way too. You know, I, I know that uh, Lipson has a has a listening app that's pretty decent, and and. And you guys have one too, right? Or not? Yeah, our, ours is a little long in the tooth. Is it? But, okay. Yeah, but you know, but we're all about, you know, we've got partners that provide apps for our podcasters. So, you know, we're not in the app business, but we've got a couple of partners yeah. that, that do. So, but you do have a lot of li- listening in the browser, um, capability. I mean, you have a big well, catalog of podcasts. Well, yeah. yeah, well, we got, you know, we're providing tools so that podcasters can add on whatever they need to add on, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, and then we've <clears throat> on the speaker side, we've put put a lot of effort into our listening apps on Android and iOS, and and we do actually through me, kind of like what I did at Microsoft, um, add pass through shows. So we do do that. Right. Um, so if you want to get on the speaker platform, you don't necessarily have to have a hosting account. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. He could he could have syndicated over there, but I think he's actually recording the original version of the show on Spreaker and yeah. and then you know no, no, all these other accounts so you know he, but to be included in that um listing it that has to pass through me oh. so it's just like what I did at, at Zune right <laughs> um because it isn't a publicly available access to be a pass through show right it's something that um only is done through through me and I actually add shows on a weekly basis to mm-hmm. that pass through um, because we want to have a complete catalog right, too, right, kind right. of like what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, but we don't necessarily want to encourage everybody to be on there because we do still want people to host with us. Right, so, right, right, right. So, but it's it's a it's a delicate line that we're trying to walk. You know. Yeah. So all we all the only requirement we have for folks to get on like a Roku app and stuff like that is they just have to tell us what their show's rated and give us a TV rating. You know, that's the only oh, thing. That's really? It. That's it? Yeah, that's it. You know, and you've got to make sure album art's right. So we do an automated check, and then you have to say, yes, I'm PG-13 or MG or whatever rating level yeah. you actually are from a TV standpoint, and that's how you get in our 
Samsung and Roku and all the other uh, OTT apps that we have. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's just, a, and it's very simple. It's a little form they fill out, takes 30 seconds. But, uh, and it's just automated. They automatically thrown up there. They don't even have to host with it. They just have to be on the platform. And every, sh- you know, basically, if, if you're not on the platform, you will be. If you're a brand new show on Blue- Blueberry, we'll pick you up within a week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not, uh, there's not going to be a delay in, in getting picked up for the, uh, uh, for the site, because basically we're adding, uh, you know, brand new shows every week. So do you think that we're going to see any anything new out of Apple around podcasting anytime soon? Because it, it seems like what they're, they've kind of stagnated. Um, I, you know, I, there's I really nothing going on over there new. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I think, you know, I had hopes with their Podcast Connect site that they were going to add some stuff. You know, I actually thought that they might consider adding uh, some metric stuff to those accounts. But if it, if it is, it's not in this phase. It'll be in, you know, down the road. But, um, yeah. again, I, I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on it and see what, uh, uh, see what they, um, see what they do. But it's just kind of been same old, same old over there lately. Yeah. Did you happen to notice the 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 post on Facebook that uh, Robert Scoble made this about the, the, the last couple of days about the virtual reality coming to iPhone eight? Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think about that? VR um, is well, uh, a clear and a clear phone too. A clear phone? Oh, a clear screen phone. That's what he was saying is that the next iPhone iPhone 8 is going to be a, a, a chunk of plastic or glass, probably an un, unbreakable piece of glass. And then at the bottom of it will be a um, where the actual uh, phone processor is going to be at the bottom, um, like bottom third or the bottom quarter of the phone will be solid. Huh. But the whole upper part of the phone will be a clear plastic clear. or plastic clear glass so why would they do it that way why would they do that my guess would be chances are it probably would be I mean my guess would be that the upper part and the lower part would be solid and the middle part of the phone which is where the the screen has been you know normally in phones would be clear you could like see through it clear see through it yeah because they need more room for the battery and they need more room for um, processing. So where would they put the the battery is already a huge part of the back. You know, the battery in here is massive. So, I don't know. Don't uh, know. I guess I'm uh, confused. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I think it depends on how big the bevel is around this. Yeah. Um, if, if that's plausible, but I know that the technology exists. I, I, I saw on the, on the, the reply thread below Robert's post, um, like a visual display at a tech conference that was showing the clear, clear glass, Hmm. um, display. And it looks very attractive. It's like three dimensional kind of experience. Um, but we'll see. 
<clears throat> definitely. And I was just, you know, like I'm constantly thinking about, you know, what's the implications for podcasting when it comes to VR, AR, mixed reality? Is there any connection that the 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 industry can tie in on those those developments? Because if if in fact the iPhone eight heads in that direction, what is is there any implications for podcasting or audio just completely is out of the visual realm? I think people that are doing uh, stuff like we are um, doing video and audio, you know, if you have, you know, and I've been, you know, actually this is a good topic. I've been doing a lot of soul searching over the past month on, uh, on video and figuring out things I'm going to do at CES and a variety of different projects I'm doing. And, uh, um, primarily to up the video quality and the, you know, increase, you know, the production enhancements and making it a little more fun to, to watch the videos. And, it's it's hard. It's hard to do good video if you're not that. If you're not if you're not a film producer, and you're not uh, someone that lives in this realm, you know, doing cool stuff on video. Besides taking a, um, uh, not necessarily a webcam, but a you know, a, a, whether it be a DSLR, or whether it be a, um, an action camera, you know, it's yeah. it's hard to. You know, and people don't normally live these big, exciting lives. So, you know, they do have exciting things from time to time that's cool to catch on video. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. For certain podcasters, it may make a lot of sense. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about VR. What could you do with VR here? Well, VR, I'd set a VR camera here, and you could see the whole studio. That's that's no fun. That's just like. Yeah, big, you know, big deal, right? Yeah, big deal. Yeah. People can be voyeurs and look around in the nooks and crannies of my room, I guess. But, um <laughs> Um, you know, they're going to, it's going to be pretty boring. I you know, one round through the room. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm done. Um, so yeah. have you ever thought about, it? I know some, some podcasters will try and create like a much more, you know, and Leo's done this, you know, Leo Laporte's done this for a long time, creating much more visually appealing backgrounds yeah. and sets that they do their shows on. Yeah. I've, I've considered making changes here, but I don't have a lot of room to work with. I'm in a 10 by 12 room. <laughs> and you only, have every every inch of it occupied with something yeah. with technology, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to change. And then you know you know the of course we got reflection back there today, but those shelves uh, have served me well. But they're shelves and they're full of stuff. And there's cabinets, there's stuff below and stuff on top. And if I put a flat screen TV back there, then what am I going to do for storage? You know, I'm I live in Hawaii. Storage is a premium. You know, we don't. Uh, you just it just doesn't people don't have uh you know like big sheds or you know it, it, it garages that are uh um, not attached that just doesn't it's that doesn't exist here so um if i was back in the mainland i'd just build a building you know at this point i would i would put up a i'd put up a building i'd put up a studio but i don't live in the mainland so that's not going to happen here but you know the in any cost of a building you believe it or not you can build a uh you know, if you have the room on your property, and yeah. it's not that bad to put up a building, you know, from a yeah. cost wise, but you know, you got to be pretty committed to do that too. I mean, so would you see yourself eventually doing, doing something a little closer to like what uh, Alil Laporte's doing? Well, Maybe. I, I don't know. You know, and it all depends on if, if I ever left Hawaii and moved somewhere where, you know, there was an opportunity, you know, if I, if I, you know, there's a few places I could move back to, and I'm thinking, 
or is there talent there to be able to do something like that? And I'd have to grow the talent. And, uh, and that's, that's a big risk. You know, that's what Leo has, has had to done. He's had to build talent and he, he's in, and he's in a perfect location to be able to build it. He's just outside of San Francisco, you know? So, yeah. um, location, 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 location. If I take this and go to Austin, well, yeah, maybe there's, there's some huge opportunity there. But if I go to Florida where my daughter's at, or if I go to back to Michigan, which I don't see my, and I just don't know if I see myself doing that. Um, you know, that's not necessarily the Mecca of talent location either. Yeah. I heard, uh, Leo say on, a on this past week's windows weekly podcast, um, that he's, he sees it, the future of his twit network really having a lot more to do with aug- augmented and virtual reality, um, topics going, going forward. Cause he's, I guess he's following a lot what, um, Robert Scoble is involved in and and he also sees a lot of possibilities around drones and and the autonomous operations of all sorts of vehicles and airplanes and and things like that is kind of the future of a lot of the technology talk that he's going to be covering in the future. You know, one thing that I am doing is um the DGI just came out with a new drone called the Mavic and it's folds up small, easy to transport. My big problem with my drone now from DJI is that it's in a rolling case. So it doesn't have this portability that I need and I can't have it with me. There's been oftentimes I've been somewhere. I'm like, damn, I wish I had my drone because I could do something. I could catch some cool video. Right. Um, so, um, I ordered the Mavic because I'm, I want to be able to have the drone in the car at all times. I want to be able to be able to pull it out and, and catch something. So when I'm yeah. starting to think about more from my standpoint, I live here in Hawaii and there's all kinds of beautiful stuff to look at and see and do. And so I'm going to be start doing more, um, just experimenting with content like that, but it's going to be on a pure experimental basis to see um, what I can do. I've been watching a lot of YouTubers and what they're doing and trying to get some tips from them. But you know, I look at these pro YouTubers, um, it's a full-time job. That is a, they're doing five, five, six, seven videos a week. And uh, they're spending three, four hours a day editing what they've taken eight hours to shoot. And they're getting wow. rewarded huge, but they are. Um, That's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. And you have to be in a city or be in a location that uh, um, gives you opportunity to have a lot of varied content. And. Um, if you're not in a location that doesn't have a lot of variable content, there's not a lot of opportunity to have, you know, a cool YouTube channel. So, yeah. And, uh, I, there's, I just, you know, I, I don't see myself becoming a YouTuber, but, uh, I want to be able to create some more cool stuff, you know, just on yeah. the side. Yeah. And for what I'm seeing, the, the, the cost basis for getting a pretty good quality drone is coming down. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a thousand, very competitive thousand bucks, you know, you're in there. Yeah. And being able to fly it and use it in some production and not crash it is a big thing too. So, and then staying within flight restrictions as well, you know, and here in Hawaii, I've got air airfields all over the place. So I have all types of flight restrictions because of the five mile rule. So I've actually thought about uh, using my GI bill to go get a pilot's license and then get a commercial drone license to be able to fly 
where I need to fly wherever I want to fly. Mm-hmm. And not have so a do have that. A, I didn't even know you could get a commercial drone license. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's there. It's very hard to get them. They actually changed the rules. You you don't actually have to be a a pilot now, but you still got to put hours in, and you got to have this certain amount of gear, and you have to. It's a two man operation. It's not a to do commercial. You, you can't solo fly. You have to have another person with you. So is there there uh, still an opportunity out there for someone to go out and get a get a really nice drone and offer it as a you know, almost like a video service to well, companies and you have to to do commercial drone work. You have to actually be licensed by the FAA. So okay. if you, if you do commercial drone work without having a license and it's publicly produced and put up on YouTube and that they know you're doing this commercially, it's, it's a big fine, big, 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 big fine. Hmm. So there's people doing it under the radar, of course, but, uh, you know, you just got to go through the process and take the, like, you have to like take it. Getting- Getting videos at work sites and well, if you're the owner of the work site and you're doing that, you're okay. But if you're doing it commercially for a work site, then that's a problem. Oh, if you're doing it as a service, right? And don't have the FAA commercial drone license. And in Hawaii, there was only one person for a while that only had a commercial drone license here. So they're not one person in the whole whole state of Hawaii. In the whole state, Uh, yeah, that was like a year ago. I'm sure it's changed, but. So who did he have to pay off to get that? No, he was a pilot. So he went and took the ground test, and then he applied and got it. So it's not a, it's not hard to get. You just got to go through the process. Oh. And you got to do the government. people gov- don't want to do right, it. Huh? You got to do the government paperwork. <laughs> yeah. So you might, my thing has been now is trying to just get the hours. You've know, you got to get the hours on a drone in order to be able to effectively pass the fly. Test? Well, not even, no, not even pass the test. It's, um. It's not easy getting a good shot with a drone and not crashing the damn thing. So you got to fly it, and you just need hours on stick. That's just all it is. It's just like driving a car. You need practice. Yeah. You know, you're not going to buy a drone and go out and shoot a pro video. Um, you know, you're going to need four or five thousand hours on the stick to get used to, you know, flying one-handed or whatever it may be. You know, you got to get. Yeah, and yeah, and how many drones do you go through getting five or six thousand? Right. Well, you know, to get a thousand, you know, I've gotten three, four hundred hours on a single drone, but it's been, you know, I have to take the time, go out and do two, three flights. And, you know, it's stupid things like, okay, flying a, um, on the stick, flying a, a smooth circle, you know, in a short area, you know, just doing a 180 around a target. You know, you think about doing a 180 around a house. If you're going to do real estate stuff, it, it sounds easy. But, you know, you, it's not as easy as if to get a nice smooth, you know, where it would be like you'd have for a nice production video where there's. Yeah, and it needs to be smooth. I mean, right. sure they, I'm sure that the camera ha- has some, some but capability it, to, to, you know, address motion and shaking and vibration. Right. But if, but if you're, but if you're doing, you know, you're making adjustments to the angle and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's wobbling back and forth. You're not it's, selling that. It's not, <laughs> it, it's not a very good uh, viewing experience. Yeah. No, no. So it's yeah. just a matter of getting stick. And you know, my son flies better than me. Of course, he's you know he's a you know PlayStation player, right? He's used to doing <laughs> that. So you know, he, you know, he, and some will be a Game more console training, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's just purely uh you know getting time on stick to be able to you know have stuff come out and look good, simple, and. Uh, 
and how am I going to add that to content? I don't know. You know, and there's one guy in New York who uh, holds a DSLR on a gorilla uh, uh, stand or basically one of those gorilla things. And then he holds a remote control and he, he, he rides a boost board around New York and flies a damn drone at the same time. So this guy hmm. doing 5 million vi video views a day. You know, so of course, Casey Neistat, amazing what he's doing on video. But mm -hmm. who, if I got on a boost board and went driving down the road, the first thing they would be is calling 911 because I'd make it about a half a block and I'd have a broken neck. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Todd. No, it's true. You would be fine. Uh, no, um, wheels underneath feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there's not a lot of people that, you know, can do that or coordinated yeah. enough to be able to do that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, this guy, you know, this guy wrecks stuff all the time. He, he talks about busting up gear all the time. So, you know, you have to have a budget, you know, you go out and you have a DSLR and you're, you're doing video on a boost board and you crash and you smash your DSLR. Well, you need, I need to go out and spend 1500 bucks on a new camera and lens. You know, a lot of people can't afford to do that. So, um, yeah. yeah. Watch some of his videos. Casey Neistat, you'll find it on YouTube. It's, you want to see what it's, I just think he's incredible, the the stuff he's doing from videos. He's hooked me. I watch his videos every day. Oh, he has? Yeah. Uh, okay. Five million followers on YouTube, so. But, you know, he, he spends 20 hours a day working. You know, that's, he has no life. He's got a YouTube <laughs> life. <laughs> In podca podcasting, we don't have to do that. What do we do? We sit down and, you know, today, what did I do? I overslept. I woke up at 6.20, you know, and I jumped in the shower and turned the studio on and you and I fired up. I had done no prep work and maybe it shows in the show today. And uh, off we go, you know. So is this going to get uh, 5 million YouTube video views? No, but uh, the audience that's here understands sometimes shit happens and they're they're with us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Todd, did you see the 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 news that's come out um, on Media Matters for America talking about how CNN is hiring and paying a bunch of full-time pundits to come in there and, and defend Donald Trump. To defend Donald Trump? Yeah, yeah. They're paying pundits to defend Donald Trump. What I, what on, I, on air. On so air. probably what happened was is that people, they probably started losing market share because they were like the Clinton News Network. So... <laughs> you know let's be honest they are you know so they they had to they had to, well they had to have some balanced uh opinions well no what it's creating though todd if you go there's a video up here oh really it's just creating these screen matches on the on 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 the tv between people that are for clinton and people that are on there from you know representing trump but they're actually both sides are being paid paid um, to to be pundits on both sides on air, and the Trump organization has nothing to do with it. That's funny. So the, all they're doing is it's creating in, this it's this, it's this it's false fighting. It's inter entertainment TV. It's all bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and it's just trashing our, our 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 democracy. It's bad for everybody to create you know this constant negativity and fighting and arguing on the 
Well, if you, if you haven't figured it out, TV Rob, news? if you haven't figured yeah. it out, news has been biased for a very, very long time. It's not news. It's entertainment. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what what this is. It's it's building ratings based on creating yeah. um, controversy and and fights on air. I guess I guess people are attracted to that. It's kind of like people like to chase train wrecks, too. I have been in a news blackout for 60 days. I'm not watching any of it. And anyone that's talking politics on Facebook, I uh, I say hide this article. I don't. I'm not reading it. Yeah. I just uh, I I don't need the drama. It's what's going to happen is going to happen, and uh, yeah. um, it's just a sorry, sad ass state of affairs that in the country that we're in, that we have two absolutely horrendous candidates. Absolutely horrendous. Both are absolutely horrendous. Yeah. It's sad that we can't come up with some sort of uh, personal. Here's the deal, you know. It's and I don't want to talk get into politics, but you have to start planning to be president when you are in the womb. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be true. You so is have it going to create the you know a, a whole generation of uh, of of youngsters that are going to be born and their their parents are going to say. Now you might be president one day. You better better uh, watch your p's and q's. You can't be, uh, you know. I, I don't know, but you 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 can't have had a normal life, and you know everyone makes mistakes in life. You know, you've got two individuals that have both made huge, huge, huge mistakes. Huge, yeah. huge. I mean, incredible. And then, yeah. um, yeah. It, but you cannot have made a mistake. Otherwise, you're going to get run over by a train. <laughs> you know, you, you, it's it's. There's not so you have to plan, you know, or maybe the American public doesn't care. Maybe it's just entertainment to them. Ha ha ha! You got something on you. Ha ha! I got something on well, you. Well, there's been a lot of talk that I've heard from people talking about. You know, one one way to to help this problem is to just get rid of the parties, um, because people tend to align on these lines. Why not just have a an election that's based on individuals? Just have the best individuals. Oh, there's, 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 Why does there have to be party affiliations? Money, 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 money. You see how much money it takes for some of these? You look, they're spending billions of dollars. Yeah. So, well, you know, it's, you know, to me, it's just. And then others are getting billions of dollars worth of media coverage, too. You know? I've got a simple solution. Fire them all. <laughs> you just don't vote for, just don't vote for incumbents. It is just don't vote for it. Get rid of all of them. I mean all of them. Get rid of don't. It doesn't matter if you got a senator you love. Vote for the incumbent. doesn't matter who it is. I'm not oh, the incumbent. Vote for the, yeah. no, no. Yeah, vote the for the. Unincumbent. The unincumbent, yeah. right. <laughs> I don't think that's the right word for yeah, it. Yeah, you, you do a complete, you clean, if you clean the house, if you get rid of every, or term limits, put term limits in, and then we solve it. You yeah. know, you put like 12 yeah, but, years for a senator and like, you know, whatever. But twelve and twelve. That's it. That's it. You're done. <laughs> no more. Yeah, yeah. I know we kind of digressed here. Yeah, didn't we, we in have. The last part. We went politics, yeah. but yeah, that's why I've been. That's because I get pissed off. That's why I've been watching the news. I just stay away from it. <laughs> yeah. It it is a sad state of affairs, and the the media is just taking advantage of the American people right now. Oh, it's horrible. That's it's un- like it, low information. Scene- Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. This whole CNN is just 
an, an example of what I'm talking about there. It, like you said, it's, it's all being done for entertainment purposes, but the problem is, is that it's very destructive. Low information um, voter, people that don't have a clue. It's like that man on the street when you ask them, who was the, you know, ask them the basic questions and they're like, I don't know. So they're the yeah. ones that are, you know. Yeah. But, but anyway, hey, hey, are you, uh, where's your next podcast event that you're going to attend? Uh, Podfest in Florida. Oh, okay. That's yeah. in February. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be, I'm going to be down there as well. So I'll go to that. Um, they're hard to get a hold of down there. They don't have a good communication system. I, I don't, I don't even, you know, you, you send the email and it's like two weeks later you get a response. I don't understand their, uh, what's so going on. So have you on. talked to, to Chris down there, the guy that's running it? Is it, does he answer his email? No, he hasn't responded. Yeah. So yeah, I did a call with him last week. So, so is he, he's actually, well, that's okay. Well, maybe I'll, Chris, if you're listening, I'd like to talk to you about the event. Okay. Um, so as of right now, I'm not speaking or anything. So uh, we're sponsoring, but that not necessarily means we're speaking. That's not how that works. But um, yeah, they, they've, I'm going, so we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be moderating a panel down there on on local podcasting yeah local podcasting is that actually a thing is there anything happening in that space right now <laughs> yeah there's some movement there i think it's still early though but it's just it's a topic that he wants to cover and so yeah i'll be happy i've i've been involved in a few panels over the last couple of years that have talked about local based podcasts and and what the future might be for that right well, um, I think that's the next event, and uh, and who knows? Well, there's there's DC Podfest that's coming up. Yeah, what is that? The date on I that? I think it's the end of this month. Yeah, I went to that last year. Yeah, and you did. yeah. There was about a hundred people, maybe I think max yeah. at the event. So it's a small regional event, pretty good. It is. It is small. Yeah, but they now, did I'm a not nice job going to it. But but we're doing some live streaming for them. Oh. So. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so some of the sessions are going to be streamed live on Spreaker. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, I'm trying to do that with, you know, more and more of the, the events. Just have them at least stream a few sessions or something like yeah. that. Create create a little, a little access buzz. outside of the the actual event, especially if they're small regional events. Yeah, these, these small um, regional events, there's no reason why they can't stream on Facebook or something like that. I don't understand why they don't do that. Yeah. yeah, some do. I mean, the the Mid Atlantic uh, podcast conference that, that I went to streamed live on Spreaker the whole thing, and then also but they used, didn't they didn't advertise it. I didn't even know that they were streaming live. So they should have sent out a mailing saying, "Hey, we're streaming live." Yeah, yeah. So You're make right. make sure you when you talk to those folks that they're promoting that, Rob. Because if I'd have known, I'd have watched. Yeah, it was on his homepage of the uh, site, oh. but 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 yeah, I mean, unless you don't know that they're actually doing it yeah huh yeah that's cool so you know i'm trying to do that with all all these events that are that are willing to do it you right. know take a take a few of the sessions as it turned out we we, we streamed live the the whole mid-atlantic podcast conference so the whole thing so i don't think that that many people tune into it but it's just 
it's a it's an access thing. Right. You know, people will come in and check out for for a little bit, and it's not like you get people listening all day long. Right. One thing I did uh, when I picked up my rental car um, last Sunday, um, it was pre-tuned to an NPR station, and I never listened to NPR. I mean, I mean, matter of fact, I usually just automatically switch the channel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. I'm not a it, it, you know, usually, you know, NPR is actually uh, another um, uh, another uh, department of the DNC. So I, you know, I typically don't. It's true. It's primarily what it is. So I don't necessarily listen to um, uh, public radio just because it's sometimes too much politics stuff on there. And um, the, uh, but they were Radiotopia was on. Have you ever, have you listened to Radiotopia before? No, I haven't actually. I haven't actually listened to it. I shouldn't even promote this. It was really good. Was it? Yeah, it was really good. I, I I'll, I'll, I'll confess. Uh, it was, it was a really good show, and they were on for for an hour, and uh, the story they told was really good. I think. Um, I, and so I'm just, you know, I guess confession time here. If you're looking to improve your storytelling skills, you better listen to that show. Really? I, yeah. Wow. Really, and I understand why they have a big audience. Just uh, the production was incredible. But again, just like This American Life, another big, huge production team. Yeah. But uh, yeah, very compelling the stuff that they were they were talking about. So uh, um, I understand why that show is as big as it is. So if you haven't listened to Radiotopia before, probably a good show to tune into from a podcaster. Todd, that's the answer for you, Todd. You just need a big team. Well, you know, I, I'm not for in for your the, show. For your show, you just need to get a get a big team. Get okay. like eight, eighteen co-producers, and you know, <laughs> it's going to make all the difference. No, I don't think so. I think it also the people they have on that show has a very dynamic voice. Got a good radio voice. They got the. It's it's true though. They have a huge production team, so that helps for sure. But the average content creator can't, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't, can't afford, afford that. I can't afford to sit here after this show and edit for four or five hours. Yeah. You know, there would be no show. So you have to weigh that. And it would be no more fun. It would, if I could hand this off and, and, and have the budget like they do, sure, yeah. then why not, right? But, sure. the, but the majority of the podcasters out there don't have a, a budget to do that. I know some people are... We're spending a lot of money doing production at this point. But the question is, how much is it increasing their, their show audience? Are they getting... Yeah, is it really worth it, right? Yeah, are they getting from, you know, from 5000 to 50000 or 100000 or 200 You know, if, if the production of their show, you know, they pay for the show and they see this, uh, you know, this meteorotic increase in listeners, then it's you're getting your money's worth. But if you're just inching along, is it really... You know, is your money well spent? I don't know. I don't yeah. think so. Probably not for most shows. It's not really necessary to have a big, big team. Yeah. And and I had to uh, actually laugh a little bit. There was a guy on Facebook that said, uh, I'm listening to a bunch of your shows and your your shows sound like shit. And I was like, whoa, that was interesting. Someone coming in and not blowing smoke. He was saying, I was listening to your shows. I could barely listen. And... Um, there are a lot of podcasts out there that I listen to that are like three minutes in. I'm like, eh, I'm, I fast forward. I go to the next show. 
because the audio, you know, there's something to be said about working on your audio pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get complaints on this show about our audio, so I guess we're doing the right thing. Well, I think we both are are aware of the <clears throat> tools that will, will will produce some pretty good audio. So there's a lot of folks that don't uh, understand, you know, what tools to use and what not to use. But I, you know, so, I, but you know, as I've often said too, I invested in a pipeline that allowed me to have good audio going in, and I didn't have to do a bunch of tweaking to it post. Post, yeah. You know, Skype, Skype is obviously the you know the limiting factor here, but we typically end up with pretty good Skype video uh, audio. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I mean, I hear a lot of people complaining about Skype and and oh how bad it is and stuff, and I just don't have a lot of example. Uh, or experience with Skype being a problem. No, well, you know, um, once in a while we'll have like a guest that comes on, it's in a hotel or something has problems or like next week I'll be at my mom's and you know, who knows what's going to happen there because her internet sucks. So I'll probably use my MiFi there and use Verizon and be able to do the show. But, um, we'll probably have to figure a way to do the show next week on audio only seeing that all these video platforms are now, restricting the number of folks it can be on. I'll have to use yeah. your platform. <clears throat> yeah, we can use uh, Speaker Studio for desktop. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it, it works with Skype. Yeah. So so we can we can certainly do that and just get the audio. But the, the only problem with that is that we're missing probably half of our viewers. Yeah. Right, or half of our audience. Because, I mean, so what... What percentage do you know offhand? What percentage are watching the video? I think it's 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 run about uh, 65, 35, 65 audio, 35% video. That's still pretty darn high yeah. on, on the video side. Yeah, but I think what they do is I'm sure most people just start playing. They don't even watch it. Why would you watch? You know, we're just you and I in the screen. It's the same thing with my with my regular shows, too, that yeah. they, you know, it's it, it runs, you know, about the same percentage. I don't know how many folks are actually watching all the way through if you're watching all the way through let us know you know we'll get some dancing girls or something in here in the background you can watch yeah i'll start wearing <laughs> costumes and things like that and you know halloween nothing. is coming yeah you know i haven't done a halloween thing in many many years i haven't dressed up for halloween we haven't went to halloween parties it's just not a big thing here in hawaii so i see everyone getting all prepped for it they're showing their costumes off and i'm like I don't know. I'm just not a big Halloween guy, I guess. Do you get dressed up for Halloween, Rob? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is my costume. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, uh, I have to talk about my, my haircut. So I, um, my wife has been, been teasing me for years because I'm getting pretty thin up here on top. And, yeah, uh, well, you and I both. Yeah. So, but, you know, you've got at least a little bit more on top than I do. And uh, I started, you know, my hair is so thin, it would fly around like crazy. And uh, uh, yeah, typically to keep it from moving, you have to use a little gel to keep it stick. And it looked like a barcode, <laughs> literally, you know, <laughs> like across the top of my head. Just scan, scan the top, yeah, scan of, the top of my we, head, right? We can find out who he is. Yeah. So uh, probably... It could probably be done by satellite. It they probably. can identify you. So I went to the uh, barber shop and I told the lady, I said, just, you know, in military terms, when we go to get a haircut, a, a zero is skin. And then, <laughs> um, and then the actual 
on the actual clipper, there's zero to 10. So depending on how much, how thick you want it. So I said, put me zero on the side and two on top. And that would make it very, very short. And she started cutting. She says, oh no, we can't do two on top. And I said, why? I said, no, we can't. She said, I can't do two. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I don't have a barcode no more, but I'm like a hosting cow. Now I have spotches <laughs> of blank spots on the top of my head. So yeah, it won't be too long. I'll be like my grand, my grandfather, my dad's a mom's side and I'll have a, a landing strip, but, uh, it sucks getting, getting, uh, getting to when you're losing oh. your hair. <laughs> yeah. We well, can always get a hair transplant. Todd. No, I'm not spending $10,000 for plugs. <laughs> You're not going to get plugged. Uh, no, no. It's just like it's just like growing grass. I mean, yeah. Just throw some seeds around. Yeah. But that's the thing about podcasting too is if we didn't do video, no one would care, right? If we just did audio, they have no idea what you really look like. That's true. Yeah. So at some point, you become less camera worthy. <laughs> but ultimately, you would be seen. You know. Yeah. At some point, you can't hide forever. That's true. Yeah. But, uh, if you go to a conference and get up on stage or, um, it's just, yeah, I mean, both of us do that stuff a lot. So, yeah. But anyway, it's I just, good that, yeah, it's good. And it's, anyway, it's, go it's fun to tease, you know, you, you know, talk about being on a camera, you know, you, I think a lot of times two people, you look at the, you know, you look at the news networks, they got all these hot women and good looking guys that are all, you know, they don't have anybody ugly on TV. That's the thing. So you have to have a face. And I think the same thing goes with YouTube. I think uh, sometimes, uh, you know, looks, it's superficial, but looks count a lot. But that's a good thing about mm -hmm. podcasting is you don't have to, you know, you don't have to worry about competing with, uh, you know, you can be uh, the ugliest or let's say that's, let's not use the right. That's probably not the right political correct word to use. You can be <laughs> uh, ch challenged in the looks department and not matter. <laughs> <laughs> or less than fully appealing. Right, yes. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you either got it or you don't, right? There's That's nothing. I mean, I suppose you can go in and um, change it if you can find a good cosmetic surgeon. Yeah. You can, if you're that committed to being a being well, on you know, on video, but it's it it you know, you know like it brings up a better uh, conversation. You know, people over fifty are now finding you know that's this uh, job discrimination thing. So um, a lot of people over fifty now are doing that just to be able to look younger uh, in the tech, especially in the tech side, to be able to be uh, you know look like you fit in with a thirty year old, so that you're not uh, not considered for a job. Yeah, I suppose that's that's true to some degree. I would, I would think it's that happened it's, a lot. They do look at your actual age, though. <laughs> right? Yeah, they you know they look at your when you when did you graduate from college, and then they add. You know, it's not you're not allowed to ask someone how old they are, but it can be yeah. easily deduced. A lot of people now are putting only work history for like the last uh, uh, ten years. They don't even put uh, work history beyond that. Uh, just to try to keep. And I think that's probably smart just generally because yeah. most, most employers don't care much beyond the, right. you know, five, 10 year window anyway. Yeah. It's, it's what's your most recent experience is all that they're really concerned about. Yeah. But. <clears throat> and so, to some degree, what was your, your last job? Yeah. Not, <clears throat> well, your current job and your last job. <clears throat> that's really all that they really are concerned about. Yeah. So those of you that are young, you're under 50, your clock is ticking. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and remember that when you're hiring people, because you're going to be that guy or gal someday. Well, and it's it's going to be tough for you to get a get a really good job too, because you don't have the the probably in a lot of ways you don't have that really great prior job. Well, you know, I think too people have yeah. to be smart and keep up their skills. They have to, yeah. you know, go back to school and get, keep current on you know what's going on right now. You know, and uh, stay stay viable. But uh, I don't think a lot of people do that. Okay. Um, right. Well, I think we've wrapped it up. Yeah, we did. We kind of and we pushed the content uh, topics today too. So hope you were okay with this just chatting, folks. But uh, we're going to be because of because of me. We will be uh, definitely doing Sunday shows here for the next couple of weeks while I'm jetting around. But if you're in the Columbus, Cincinnati area, um, there is a meetup, podcaster meetup, on the Tuesday the 25th. And uh, it's at our building where we're at, where our offices are at with Raw Voice. And if you want to attend and come out for the podcast, it's a monthly thing. It's planned. So it's already on the calendar, and there's a lot of people that normally come. So uh, Mike Dell will also be down in the Columbus office as well. Um, so um, if you want to come out Tuesday the 25th, um, drop me an email, uh, either uh, see, just geeknews at Gmail, and I'll, I'll give you the details. But if you want to come in, if you're within striking distance, come in. We're going to, again, in the evening uh, after work, have a uh, have a meetup, and uh, feel free to... Uh, uh, ping me and if you want to come down and, and hang out, we'll have pizza and stuff. We'll have food for your everybody to eat, snacks. Uh, all right, Rob, I guess this is it. Right. Anything else for you? No, I think that's it. All right. It's a good good show. We talked about a lot of good stuff, I think. Yeah. Exciting so, so to see what this American Life stuff does. So we'll keep an eye on that. See how much yeah. is getting shared. I'm going to be watching their, I guess, their hashtag if they've got one assigned to this and see how much it's being used. But um, you can send an email to uh, Todd at NewMediaShow.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Geek News. Rob? Uh, you can send me an email at uh, Rob at Spreaker.com or Rob at RobGreenlee.com, whatever you want to use. And I can be found on Twitter at Rob Greenlee, and that's with two E's, and RobGreenlee.com. So. Everyone, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time here on the New Media Show at NewMediaShow.com. Everyone take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.